0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Atlantic Discuss. My name remains Ade Balogun. As you know, in Atlantic Discuss, we do everything to get the facts to the people. So today, our topic will be dispelling the myths surrounding the COVID-19 vaccine. So due to popular demand, we're bringing back Dr. Wasu Adesar. Doc, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Ade. Uh,
1: it's a pleasure to be back uh, and participate uh, and discuss it important situation with the COVID-19 vaccination.
0: So it's good to be back with you. Um, um. All right, doc. So as you know, at Atlantic Discourse, we embrace humanity to disseminate positive news in a world filled with very bad news. We give a voice to the unheard. We balance the information equation. We discuss the facts wherever it leads to. We combine the best of all races just to get the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world. Embrace art, sports, politics, IT, and faith-based issues. We never run away from the fact. So according to the Washington Post, which I'm going to quote right now, uh, two thirds of all Americans in highly vaccinated counties now live in a coronavirus hotspot. According to the analysis by the Washington Post, as outbreaks of highly transmittable Delta variant, this ignite in more populated and immunized areas, still short of herd immunity. That doesn't look too good for us right now. Mm. So the post also analyzes that this illustrates how rapidly the state of the pandemic changed in July from a problem for the unvaccinated to a nation of concern. So it's no more a problem uh, of the unvaccinated; it's now a concern for everybody. The life in highly vaccinated uh, state is still safer. So. The post classified that the highest quarter of counties has high vaccination with at least 54% of the population fully vaccinated. The lowest quarter of counties were classified as low vaccination with fewer than 40% of the population fully vaccinated. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention identifies hotspots as areas with high and rising caseload as compared with areas with moderate or low coronavirus outbreak. So that's also not looking too good. So on the 4th of July, just 4% of residents of highly vaccinated communities live in hotspot, compared with 13% of people in low vaccination areas. The outbreaks initially grew in the poorly vaccinated areas, where 28% of residents lived in hotspot as of July 14, compared with 13% of residents in highly vaccinated uh, communities. The gap narrowed in recent weeks as cases surge in major West Coast cities, South Florida urban centers, and the New York to Boston corridor are well known in this regard. By August, it closed about uh, two-thirds of residents living in both highly and poorly co- vaccinated counties are now in hotspot with high and rising caseload. Even in communities where at least 70% of the population is fully vaccinated, Delta is so widespread that six in every 10 residents are in a hotspot. The Express are not the same as those in sparsely vaccinated hotspots. It's like the difference between being in a trailer and a house in a hurricane. Both might get hit, but one will get hit than the other. That's the best description I've seen so far. Living in a hotspot while vaccinated today is much safer than living in a hotspot while unvaccinated. So high vaccination states have one-third the number of new cases per capita than low vaccinations have. Hospitalization rates uh, in states with less than 40% of their population fully vaccinated are four times those in states that are at least 54% vaccinated. So all this is according to the Washington Post. So we do know that uh, according to the CNN, more than 98% of U.S. residents now live in an area with a high or substantial risk of COVID-19 communication transmission. This is all from 19% of a month ago. So as of yesterday, the FDA was planning to authorize COVID-19 vaccine booster for those of the immunocompromised people. I think they've approved that today. So it's part of what we're going to look at. As a U.S. student resume back to school, some have resumed already, there's been a spike in cases. I read somewhere 84%. I'm not sure how true that is, but it's not looking too good for kids. So finally, before I go to you, Doc, uh, there was something I read about from the United uh, the World Health Organization uh, about their overview, because I always go there every day to, to get up there, especially on the world related statistics. Now, the World Health Organization said that on the 5th of August this month, the cumulative number of COVID-19 cases globally surpassed 200 million, just six months after reaching 100 million cases. I imagine. So, this weekend, mm. over 4.2 million new cases and over 65,000 new cases were reported, a slight increase as compared to the previous week. The largest proportionate increase, increases in new cases were reported by the regions of the Americas, that's 14%, and the West Pacific region, 19%, with 1.3 million and over 305,000 new cases reported, respectively. Additionally, a substantial increase of 46% in the number of new deaths were reported this week in the West Pacific region. So, of the 228 member states or countries or territories, as you might apply, uh, 17% reported more than 50% increase in new cases as compared to the previous week. That's uh, 15% reported a more than 50% increase in new deaths. Now, the one that really attracts me in all this is that there's, uh, there's something that was written under it said a detailed update on the phenotypic characteristic, that is the transmissibility, the disease severity, the, the risk of infection, and impact on diagnosis and vac- uh, vaccine effectiveness of the, of the variant. You know, so meaning they were saying that you have the alpha, you have the beta, you have the gamma, and the delta. So I was like, wow, <laughs> we have all these variants. And I know the last time we discussed about the lambda, from Peru. Yeah. So those are all Greek alphabets. Are you saying there's almost an alphabet for every brand? So we have a long way to go. So let's cut the chest, Let's get the ground running. Go to the question. A lot of people called me and uh, what's happening? Can we get Dr. Adisab back to tell us on what to do? So, Doc, our first question is, is it safe to take the COVID-19 vaccine? I know it's we've talked about it before, but let's just yeah. get to it.
1: So um, the COVID vaccination... Um, you know so the simple answer that is that it is safe it is safe to receive it is safe to take uh, fda so the fDA um, who gave authorization for the vaccination back in december of 2020 uh, read through the data thousands of people were involved in the research for these vaccines and they found it to be safe and effective so it is important that people know that it is um and as you could tell and and I'm quite sure we will address this later with this resurgence of the coronavirus that we are realizing that those who are vaccinated are doing very well are doing much better uh, than those who have not been vaccinated so the research is out there the data is out there this vaccination, whether we talk about the Pfizer, the Moderna or the Johnson & Johnson, they are very safe and very effective.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Because, I mean, that's a, that's one of the things, the reason rather, so to say, why people are not taking it. Uh, you'd be surprised that I met someone during the week that, that wasn't vaccinated. I'm like, why didn't you do it? said, I don't want to be a guinea pig. So she's going to listen to this, and that's and she's one of the people that want to get convinced. So I'm I'm happy with that response for those. And, are you not know,
1: and, and I want people to understand that you know the making of this vaccination is not something that people just decide to come up with this MRI, mm-hmm. this mRNA vaccine. This has been something that has been in works for years. So the research for mRNA vaccination. It's not a something we just make up or they came up with in the past year. It's a research that has been in work for over a decade. And it's just that with this new um, pandemic, we're able to put the research into practice, able to use it, and we see how effective it is. Uh, I know that people are concerned that, you know, we came up with this vaccine in a very short period of time. But I want the listeners to know that the research has been there for years. It has been backed. It has been studied for many years. Uh, and the scientist community uh, are very confident when they decide to put this together, it will work. Thousands, thousands of people were involved in this study. Uh, and FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, they went through the data They sat down. They just don't give medication authorization. They realize that we are in the middle of a pandemic, so they were able to go through the process quickly. Um, But from what I have seen as a practicing emergency room physician and as someone who has received the vaccination, um, yes, the vaccine is definitely safe. The research backed it the results backed it, the analysis backed it. So it is a very safe and effective vaccination.
0: All right. Doc, quick one, yeah. Why yeah. are the COVID nineteen cases increasing in the United States and in the world generally? I know I know it seems like a straightforward question, but why why the surge? I mean the as of a month ago or six weeks ago, yeah. we didn't have this spike. You know, people are getting yeah. vaccinated. But all of a sudden, I mean, even four weeks ago, the president said it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah. But as of this moment, as, at this point in time that we're talking, it does look like it's a cause for concern for everybody. And even the Washington Post said that much. So why the spike? Why why, the, why is there the increase right now? So the, the spike is has something to do
1: with... Uh, and. If, if I have the moment, I'd like to explain a little science behind this. Please so, go so, ahead. We, we, we know that the viruses mutate. Um, mm. So we, we know that the viruses mutate. So this new mutated virus strain, this Delta variant, uh, just happened to be a very effective in its transmission of the disease. So the whole purpose of mutation is to find which strain will be effective in causing illnesses. Um, So you went from the alpha to the beta, and then you have the gamma. So what happened is that when we we did not reach reach that herd immunity in a distant time, in a distant time, you know, we talked about it the last time, the herd immunity, we expect people, we expect it to be vaccinated up to 80%. But we did not reach that so what happened is that since we did not reach our herd immunity of vaccination it makes it easier for this strain of the coronavirus to affect people and affect more easily and effectively so we just know that this delta virus is highly transmissible so for those who haven't gotten vaccinated when they are exposed to it they get sick faster. They get sicker than the previous strain. So this strain just happens to be a strain that was identified in India. It spread much faster than any of the other variants. It causes severe illness and death. Um, so and that's pretty much why that this mutated strain, the Delta, once it starts spreading, it, it's kind of re- spread with a vengeance for some reason. It just goes out there and the people just get
0: it. Uh, especially the unvaccinated. Wow. So uh for for, for those that have been vaccinated, like yourself, myself, uh-huh. yeah. Ad, uh, has there ever been any serious adverse effect as a result of taking the Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson and Johnson? Because I I think we spoke about this the last time, but I'm asking again so that you can let us know, okay. Uh, Like I said, when I got the first one, I had Pfizer. The first one, I had no problem. The second one, it affected me for about a a week. You know, I was down. So can you explain to our our viewers, I mean, our listeners, so to say, why there might be some side effects and why maybe it's harmless or they shouldn't worry? Sure. So uh, before I even dive into that, I want
1: to talk about the... um, something called the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System. It's called V-A-E-R-S. So this is where anyone you could log into a system or call into the system and report your adverse effect or your reaction. So with the millions of vaccines that have been given out, okay, uh, so anybody who access this, uh, this system and you can report and say, oh, my body aches, or I feel this after uh, my vaccination. And there's no time limit, I believe. Uh, you could call between day one and day 21, or day 28, or maybe up to six weeks uh, to report some type of reaction to the vaccination. So this is one of the benefits that we have, that we are continuing to monitor the effect or if any of the vaccination so that it's reported and the FDA and some other agency will look more into this claim or into the claims that people are having concerning this adverse effect. So, so far with some of this vaccination, it has been reported that people experiences anaphylaxis and anaphylaxis, even though it is very rare, it does occur and based on the data, uh, about two to five people per 100 will experience or have experienced um, anaphylaxis. And this is just a severe allergic reaction where it could affect someone's breathing, okay? But the good thing about this is if you have anaphylaxis, you could report to an emergency room in a very timely manner or you could call 911 in the United States and get emergency medicine services to your bedside in a timely manner, and they could assist in treating anaphylaxis. Sometimes they will use Benadryl. They will give you uh, steroid, or they could even inject epinephrine injection. So this is something that is treatable, um, but it is very rare. It's a very small amount of people that are experiencing the anaphylaxis uh, reaction. Um, other other side effects include thrombosis or what they call thrombocytopenia and this is something we notice in people that receive Johnson and Johnson okay Um, so it is reported even though it is also rare but it is reported with Johnson and Johnson vaccination and there are some other neurological issues such as the Goulain-Beret syndrome which is a autoimmune, um, um, reaction to someone's, um, um, nervous system. Um, but like I said, if you're having any issue and you're concerned, call the 911 system in the United States, call your emergency medical services, wherever you are, go to the closest hospital to be evaluated by a medical professional, um, all those side effects that are being reported include something they call myocarditis and pericarditis, And this is a inflammation slash infection of the heart muscles, all the membrane around the heart, all the fluid around the heart. So it has been reported, but it is also very rare. And they are actually noticing this, this in young men um, age 30 and younger. And this is after the uh, most cases are reported with the Pfizer or the Moderna um, vaccination. Uh, But for the most part, people will experience um, mild symptoms such as body aches or injection site irritation, headache, uh, fever, uh, not feeling well, just feel like you just have the flu again. Um, But this is something that are very, very treatable. They are mild disease. Uh, I would say to anyone that the risk, uh, the benefit of getting the vaccination really outweighs the side effects that are being reported. Uh, So my advice is these vaccines are definitely effective. They are safe. Yes, adverse reaction will happen, but all that I just mentioned are definitely adverse reaction that are, could be evaluated, treated, managed by a medical
0: profession. So, Doc, in other words, uh, you don't die taking the vaccine.
1: Um, So just based on um, that, that's a very, uh, that question is tough to answer from my end, Um. But I do know that when you access the verse, people have reported a um, reaction or adverse reactions, including death. Um, but like I said, the reason why that is there is that the FDA required that anybody who died, whether it's from COVID, whether it's from the vaccination, this has to be reported. Uh, and then the FDA will have to investigate to see if there's a correlation between the vaccination and death um, so it's very um it's not an easy question for me to say yes or no Though, but yeah, i have team not team come team. across a report that say someone got the covid they were healthy they had no issues and then the next day or two they're no longer with us yeah um, I, I haven't
0: think- come across that report as I looked at the moment. statistics myself. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure there'll be one or two, but it's a negligible yeah. percentage. So that takes me to my next question. You know, about the immunocompromised people. The FDA just approved a booster yes. vaccine for immunocompromised. So uh-huh. quickly, can you tell us what immunocompromised? What who are the immunocompromised people? So your
1: immunocompromised people uh, ranges
0: in. Uh, disease
1: types, you know, so when we say immunocompromised, these are uh, individuals or people or patients that they are unable to mount a immune response to diseases or infection. Uh, People that have HIV, uh, they have, um, and they have active AIDS, their immune system is compromised, so they need help. Our cancer patients that are undergoing chemotherapy or radiation on their immune system can be compromised. And there are arrays of other illnesses that causes someone's immune system to be poor. We have people that have transplants, whether it be a kidney transplant, liver transplant, and then to help protect those organs We put it on medication that suppresses their immune um, just to help protect it. So we have to be very careful with these people and we have to provide them with protection. So it is the right thing to do to say, hey, um, let's give these people a booster in the vaccination system. Uh, And I will tell you this. I actually had a patient uh, due to his immunocompromised state who has had COVID three times. And by the time he got the third COVID, he had received his vaccination. So you talk about someone that is immunocompromised, got COVID one time, he got it again, he got vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and I'm seeing him the third time with COVID infection as well. So these people need protection. They need the booster. So I am glad that the FDA and the uh, science community we're able to come together and recommend a booster for this individual. Uh, and then we take things from there. And, and everyone needs to realize that everything that we're learning about COVID-19 is all brand new. So we're learning as we go. The science are evolving. The data is evolving day to day. So I'm glad that this is the decision that have come up for these
0: uh, individuals. Interesting, though. Thank you very much. Uh, once again, just to remind our viewers, our topic is dispelling the myths surrounding the COVID-19 vaccine mm-hmm. and we have with us Dr. Wasio Adisa who has 14 plus years in uh, service. He's an emergency medicine practitioner and he works with the Piedmont Hospital in uh, Fayetteville, Georgia. So Doc, now what percentage of people get the virus after vaccination? I mean I'm not even talking the immunocompromised now. People that you know does it mean that, I mean, like the last time I asked you, you know, you if you get the vaccine, you can still have the COVID, but what percentage yes. of people do, do get it? So based on what I'm hearing and based on what I'm
1: reading and analysis, the percentage is very low. For those who are vaccinated, uh, does not mean you still can't get back uh, the COVID infection, but the rate of Illnesses or severe illnesses, the rate of hospitalization and the rate of death is it's
0: low. low. Okay. Yes. but can, can so, someone so, someone that been vaccinated who now got the COVID, can the person transfer it also? Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh, b- because we know that COVID vaccine is a uh, transmitted and it's an airborne disease. So that means that it is somewhere in your Nasopharyngeal tract so if you're breathing out and you're doing this you're doing that yes you could transfer it to another person who has never had COVID who could be a potential um, carrier of the disease so the answer is yes if you've had COVID um, if you have COVID and you're um, vaccinated yes you can give it to someone else So, which is why in my household, since I am a healthcare worker and I go to work, yes, I'm vaccinated. I still make sure that I wear my mask. I still make sure that I maintain a good physical distance and I make sure that I clean my hands and clean my workstation um, effectively because I do have a young child in the house who's not qualified to be vaccinated and I want to make sure that I still don't get the disease and I want to make sure I don't break it into the house.
0: Interesting. <laughs> the doctor and the dutiful father. Okay. So, Doc, <laughs> I like that. So, what is the source of the current uh, virus affecting the people? You know, we, we're talking, everybody's talking Delta now. Lambda yeah. is there. You know, but where where is this Delta from? You know, where, where so, did it the- from
1: So, the Delta was first identified in India. And we know, you know, for those of us who paid attention and your uh, current events, uh, 2020 um, I, I believe it was the later part or early part as well of this year that the Delta variant was really causing a lot of problems in India. Uh, so that's what's going on here. So we've now identified that the current strain or the variant that's causing all this havoc just based on its characteristic, just based on um, the analysis um, of the virus uh, the spike protein on this virus, we are ri- realizing that this is the Delta virus that's causing all the problem that we're seeing here. So we are seeing cases going up in Florida, Texas, even right here in Georgia, where we are, also in the Northeast. So the cases are really going up. But the current source that uh, that we're all talking about now, just based on the uh, transmit transmissibility of this. Strain. This is the Delta variant causing the um, the spike in the cases that we are seeing.
0: Interesting. You know, it's it, it's unfortunate because it, even though they spike all over the world, it's understandable in Africa and some part of Asia they didn't have enough vaccine. But in the United States, there's enough vaccine to go around. You just have some people that just refuse to to take it. So now, as a patent shot, doc. Uh, Do you have a message for everybody on on what to do? You know, just the general message. Should we still uh, take six feet? Should we still wear the masks? The kids are back in school. What general message do you have for everybody out there? And also for people that refuse to take
1: it. So I I would like to say to everyone that we did, as a country, as a nation, um, we did very well with masks. Um, social distance, and hand washing, even though a lot of people um, work, were um, diagnosed with COVID and a lot of, there was a lot of deaths that happened in the year 2020. But we did very well, for the most part, with making sure that we um, did not to con- c- curtail the disease itself. And with the arrival of the vaccination, it helped. Because we noticed from the beginning of this year towards May and June, the infectious rate of the vaccine was definitely declining. The death rate was declining. But since July, since the end of June, we've really seen a spike in the cases, the severity of the illness, and the number of deaths. So, my advice to everyone will be this get vaccinated. You know, look it up, find out the closest area um, where you can get vaccination, get in line and get vaccinated. This will help you, it will help protect the people that you live around, help protect your family and your community. Um, For those who are skeptical about the vaccine, all I could say is the research and the science is behind this vaccination. It is very safe, it is highly effective. And we could definitely tell that it is effective because with this new strain, that the rate of um, illness, the severe illness and hospitalization and even death, it is extremely low. Uh, We're talking about less than 1%, um, 2% of people having severe illness of the COVID vaccination compared to a much higher number for those who are not vaccinated. So my advice is get vaccinated if you're not. If you're vaccinated and you have children that um, and don't have the opportunity to be vaccinated, continue to practice the social distance, put your mask on. Uh, just because you're vaccinated does not mean that you cannot get the illness or you can't get COVID-19 infection. Uh, so protect your community, protect your family, protect yourself. Uh, COVID-19 has causing havoc. I see patients every day in the hospital, and a good number of them are not going to do well. So I pray to God that um, everyone do the right thing. <clears throat> uh, let's take off our community. Let's get to the herd immunity that we need in this country to make sure that we can reduce the transmission of the disease.
0: Thank you very much, Dr. Wasu Adisa. yeah we've heard from the expert the vaccine doesn't kill you are not going to be a guinea pig we need a healthy nation we need to attain herd immunity and if you are immunocompromised the FDA has approved an extra booster for you thank you thank you doctor we will not hesitate to call you again if the need arises so we thank you once again and to our viewers, this we're going to end it here. The topic, as you know, is dispelling the myth surrounding the COVID nineteen vaccine. Doctor Adisa has done justice to that. Is our beat for this week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, and God bless you all. Bye. Bye bye.